This is the Sports Psychology Hour with Dr. Andrew Jacobs. I cannot express the gratitude what my son came and visited you. Dr. Jacobs has been in practice for 37 years as a sports psychologist. I have seen a change in youth sports in the last 10, 15 years. I've talked about it a lot on this show. The Sports Psychology Hour. The best advice on the radio each and every week. Failure and losing and screwing up is something that happens in life. It happens in sports. And I think we have to teach kids how to do that more effectively. This is where sports talk gets real. That word playing, it's gone from our society in a lot of ways with kids. And now here's your host, Dr. Andrew Jacobs. Hello, everyone. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. I'm from our flagship station, Sports Radio 810 WHB in Kansas City. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. Now I'm here every week and we talk about the mental side of sports in this show. Look forward to doing the show with you every week because we get into mindsets, attitudes, sportsmanship, coach-athlete relationships, mental preparation, how to have the best level of confidence you can have, how do you get along with your coach, the role parents, coaches, and athletes, and officials all play in the world of sports. I've been in practice for 37 years as a sports psychologist in the Kansas City area working with athletes all over the country. I've been the team psychologist with the Olympic team, professional teams, collegiate teams. And, of course, as you know, we just wrote our book, Just Let Him Play, guiding parents, coaches, and athletes through youth sports with Kansas City Royals Hall of Famer Jeff Montgomery, all-time leader in saves for the Royals, and Olympic swim coach Pete Malone, who's coached five gold medals in the Olympics. And our book is about guiding parents, athletes, coaches through the world of youth sports, how to navigate through it and make it the best experience for you. I've been on the radio now in Kansas City for 27 years, and our show is now syndicated around the country. Look forward to doing this show every week, because I try to bring up topics that I think will be of interest to everyone. You know, the role of character and sportsmanship from where I come from is so important. I am the proud father of two sons who are 28, and my younger son Gregory will be 27 in a couple days. They grew up playing sports and learned so much from the world of sports that's made them successful in their lives, their young lives now. I saw a lot of ugly things watching them in their youth sports events. Coaches screaming at kids, parents going ballistic. I was accosted a couple of times by coaches because of their egos and arrogance. You know, youth sports can be really ugly should be fun. It should be a situation where people learn to have a great time, enjoy the experience. But unfortunately, people's egos get involved, whether it's the coaches, whether it's the parents, whether it's the officials or the athletes. And oftentimes, it can make it a bad situation. In last week's show, I talked about what you do if your child doesn't get to play. And I referred a situation with a young lady out in California on a volleyball team with the coach not playing her. She's on a club team, and she went and talked to the coach about it, promised her he'd play her. Then they went to a tournament in Las Vegas last weekend. During this tournament, the coach went ballistic. He cursed at girls. These are 14- and 15-year-old girls. Cursed at them. Actually grabbed one, apparently. Lost his temper. 
And the parents complained to the club. And then a letter was sent out, which I would like to share with you all. And I want to get your opinion on this letter because I think it's shallow. And I'll tell you why at the end. The letter says, Dear Parents, and this is a, a male who's been coaching for quite a while. Dear parents, at this point in my career, I have taught hundreds of student-athletes. The importance of the role of teacher is also critical as a coach and trainer. And it was uh, unfortunately forgotten by me during a match this weekend in Las Vegas. As I said to the players after, I'd also like to share with you. I apologize for the use of profanity in my emotional display. It certainly doesn't model the behavior I want from our players. It doesn't inspire them, and it won't happen again. While some athletes can persevere, few thrive when any coaching, teaching message is surrounded by or mixed with unnecessary and unacceptable language or overtly emotional displays. Much as the girls are, I too am engaged in an ever-improving process. I will continue to bring my passion for the sport and the team but do a better job of controlling the emotions of the moment to make sure what I convey to the girls is constructive, beneficial, and not lost in how I convey it. I have high standards, and I want to push the girls to become the best they can be, which requires being uncomfortable to a certain degree. However, I do not want to be a contributing factor for others to lose a passion for a sport that I am extremely passionate about. Once again, I apologize and am committed to taking steps to finish off the season on a high note. Please contact me if you have any questions. All right, that was a nice effort on his part to apologize. However, in my opinion... There's no excuse for a male coach to be cursing out young girls and apparently grabbing one. I think he should be fired. I think he should lose his job, and I don't think he should coach again unless he goes through an extremely intense coaching training program. I don't care if he's coached for 40 years, 10 years, 2 years. You don't curse at athletes, especially teenage athletes. Now, I understand collegiately and professionally what goes on. I've been in the situations. For when you're coaching young teenage athletes, I think that's totally inappropriate. I think the character you display as a coach, the modeling you display as a coach, as a teacher, is imperative towards teaching these young people how to survive. You know, there's a study done a while back by the Josephson Institute Center for Sports Ethics says two-fifths of the boys and one-fourth of the girls see nothing wrong with using a stolen playbook sent by an anonymous supporter before a big game. 30% of all boys and 20% of all girls softball players think it's okay for a softball pitcher to deliberately throw to batter who hummered the last time up. 54% of male football players, 49% of male basketball players, and 18% of females in all sports approve of trash-talking. 34% of all the boys and 12% of all the girls approve of a coach trying to pump up the team by swearing at officials to get himself or herself thrown out of a game. Where are we going? Where is this coming from? I understand that emotion and sport go together. I understand the importance of passion. But where is the limit, ladies and gentlemen, as a coach you have to put on yourself to where you lose it? Unfortunately, today, in our society, we have a lot of issues, and they appear to be getting worse. The displays that a lot of people in power have 
calling people names, insulting people doesn't help. The issue of respect is going out the window in a lot of places. And I think it's something that we can teach in sport that can help young people become better as they grow up. I want to talk about this today and get your opinions on it. Our phone number is 913-3810-810. 913-3810-810. I'd like to hear from you if you're a coach and get your opinion on the importance that your role plays in your athletes that you coach. I'd like your opinion on the email that I read to you from this coach apologizing for using profanity with 14- and 15-year-old girls while he's coaching them, losing control of his temper. I'd like to get your opinion on that and see what you think. If you're a coach, should you resign? Should you quit? If you're a parent and you have a coach who's treating your child that way, what do you do? How do you handle that situation? This is a problem that we have across the board. It happens with little kids all the way up through the professional level. I understand, as I said earlier, at the collegiate professional level, profanity happens. Not that it isn't going to happen at younger ages, but is that how a coach should coach a child? Our phone number is 913-3810-810. I'd like to hear from you if you're a coach. I'd like to hear from you if you're an athlete. I'd like to hear from you if you're a parent. How do you motivate kids properly? What happens if you lose control of your temper? Give me a call and let's talk. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. We're on the leader in sports, Sports Radio 10 WHB. Hello again, everyone. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. And every week we're here talking about the mental side of sports on our show, the Sports Psychology Hour. And I want to hear from you. Started our intro talking about the situation about the volleyball coach who lost control, used excessive profanity during a tournament in Las Vegas, sent an email apologizing to the girls on the parents on the team about his, quote, unnecessary and unacceptable language and overtly emotional displays. A man who's coached for years, cursed at the girls repeatedly, apparently grabbed one as well. She told him, keep your hands off of me. What's your opinion on this situation? If you're a parent and you have a coach doing this to your kids, what would you do? I want to hear from you. Let's open up our phone lines, get some calls in here. Our number is 913-3810-810. 913-3810-810. If you are a coach, how do you control your emotions during a competition? I'd like to hear from you if you have ever lost it before. Have you emotionally lost it on the court, on the field, in the game? How do you handle it? How do you control it? What do you do about that? If you are a parent and your son or daughter is on a team and the coach does not control his or her emotions, what do you do? Do you immediately take your child off the, off the field, off the court, out of the game? Do you wait till the game's over? Do you confront the coach? How do you handle that situation? I'd like to hear from you. Our number is 913-3810-810. We have a wide open phone board. I want to get some calls in here. Let's get a discussion going. This happens a lot. I know when my sons grew up, I saw this repeatedly with coaches getting overly excited to the point 
that they were screaming and yelling and oftentimes grabbing kids, pointing at them, yelling at them. Is that the best way to coach? Does that get the job done? No, it does not. I think you have to coach with character. You have to coach by teaching kids to be able to handle fear, handle adversity, handle confrontation. But do you do it by threatening them, by scaring them, by cursing at them? No, I don't think you do. I don't think that's the proper or appropriate way to do it. As a sports psychologist in practice for 37 years, I've seen a lot of things. I've seen professional coaches lose it. I've seen professional coaches learn to control themselves and handle their behaviors. There's a great story in ESPN the magazine a few years ago about Tom Cable, the Seahawks offensive line coach, formerly head coach of the of the uh, Raiders. And he stated in the article how when he coached the Raiders, he didn't know how to coach. He didn't learn how to coach until he got to the Seahawks when he learned that you don't scream and yell at players. You communicate with them, you listen to them, and you talk with them, not at them. That's a professional coach who admitted he screwed up. I think that takes a lot of guts to do that, to admit, hey, I screwed up, I made mistakes, and I've got to get better. All right, I want to get some calls in here. If you're a coach, I'd like to hear from a coach who has lost his or her emotion before, lost control of them in a game, in a practice. If you're brave enough to call in, I'd like to hear from you and see what you say. How did you handle it? How did you deal with it? What did you learn from it? If you are a parent and your son or daughter has been or is on a team with a coach who emotionally has trouble controlling his or her emotions, I'd like to hear from you and see what you say about how you dealt with that, how you handled that. And if you're an athlete and you've played on a team where you've had a coach lose control of their emotions, what does that say to you? Does that put you in fear? Do you then play scared, play uptight, and then consequently don't play well because you're all more worried about what the coach is going to say to you or yell at you instead of focusing on the game? Our number is 913 Three eight ten eight ten. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. I'm here every week talking about this topic and others. I think this is an important one to talk about because it happens often. And see, the result of this is, is this. I've seen young people in my office for years, and as of late, I've had an increased number of younger athletes coming in with confidence problems. And you know why? Because they will tell me, They had a coach who screamed or yelled at them or cursed at them or berated them because they screwed up. Not because they weren't trying, not because they didn't care, but because they screwed up. And guess what? If you play sports, you're going to screw up. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to have problems. And so you have to figure out a way to deal with those things. And it starts with the coaches. So I'd like to hear from you if you're a coach. How do you coach the athletes to be successful? What do you do if you've been in a situation where you've lost control of your emotions? How have you handled that? How have you dealt with that? How do you learn from that? Have you learned from that? See, that's the key thing. We're all human. We all make mistakes. We all screw up in everything we do. But the importance is the lessons we learn. The email I shared earlier in the show from the volleyball coach who used excessive profanity 
and screaming and yelling tactics at 14 and 15 year old girls to me is it, it, it's just plain flat wrong and unforgivable. And I think this man should probably resign. All right. He apologized, but apparently it's not the first time he's done it. And the question is, why did he do it? Why, why do you have to, as a coach, curse at your kids? I have a saying, which we talk about in our book, Just Let Him Play. A good coach checks his or her ego at the door. Why? Because it shouldn't be about the coaches. It should be about the kids. It should be about the kids you're coaching. It should be about what they're learning, what they're developing, how they're developing, and how they're growing from that. And that's why I think it's important to talk about this. That's why I think it's an important topic to get into. I want to get some calls in here. Once again, let's get some phone calls. Our number is 913 913- Three eight ten eight ten. If you are a parent and your son or daughter has been coached by a coach who has used profanity or screaming and yelling tactics, I want to get your opinion on that. If you're an athlete and you've had a coach treat you that way before, I'd like to hear from you and see how you reacted to it. And if you're a coach and you have done that before and you realized you were wrong, how did you change? What did you do to change your behavior, your mindset, your attitude? Our phone number is 913-3810-810. This is a topic I think we need to get into. It happens a lot. It happens quite frequently <clears throat> at all levels of sport. And it happens because people don't check their egos at the door. It becomes more about the adult who's coaching than it is about the kids. So I'd like to find out from you, if you're a coach, how do you control your emotions in a game, in a contest, in an event? What lesson do the athletes learn from you? How do they learn from you? How can you teach them to get better? Controlling emotions as a coach is important and necessary to getting your athletes to develop the right way to handle pressure and stress. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. Give me a call and let's talk. We're on the Leader in Sports, Sports Radio 810 WHB. Hello again, everyone. I am sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. I'm here every week when we talk about the mental side of sports on this show. I've been in practice for 37 years as a sports psychologist in the Kansas City area, and I've been on the radio for 27 years now. Bring up different topics every week for us to talk about on this show. And today's topic is the issue of coaching character. In relationship to an email I received last week and another email that I received this week about a volleyball coach in California who lost control at some games, cursing and yelling at girls, 14 to 15 year old girls. And last weekend at a tournament in Las Vegas, he lost control again and consequently was turned in by the some parents on the team and he wrote a letter, an email apologizing, stating that he apologized for the use of profanity and his emotional display doesn't model the behavior I want from our players and doesn't inspire them. It won't happen again. Why would a coach do that? So I want to find out from you. If you're a coach, why would you lose control of your emotions at a game? What is the reason for you as a coach to lose control of your emotions? I think it's because your ego gets too involved in what's going on and becomes more about you. I was saying a good coach is a good psychologist. A bad coach needs a sports psychologist. Yes, if you're a coach, you're involved. You're emotionally involved. You get excited. 
But do you have to get to the point where he used profanity, screaming and yelling at teenagers? All right, let's get some phone calls in here. No one's called up yet today. Interesting, this is a topic I thought would would, uh, get a lot of calls in here. Our number is 913-3810-810. I'd like to hear from you. If you're a parent and your son or daughter has had a coach lose control of their emotions while coaching them, what did you say to your child? How did you handle the situation? Did you remove them from the team? Did you talk to the coach about it? What did you say to your child about it? How did they learn from it? Or did it harm them? Our phone number is 913-3810-810. If you're a coach and you have coached before and you have lost control of your emotions and you're brave enough to call in, I'd like to hear from you and see how you handle this situation. How did you grow from it? How did you learn from it? How did it make you better? We're all human. We all screw up. Everybody makes mistakes. But do you learn from that? If you're a league administrator... And you have complaints about coaches and their behavior, their emotional outbursts, their emotional displays, lacking self-control. What do you do? Do you have training programs for coaches to teach them that it's not about them, it's about the athletes? I think every coach should go through some kind of training about the psychological side of coaching. You know, we teach fundamentals, we teach technique, but we don't teach psychology. And in the end, as I always like to say, you can have two athletes who are physically the same, but the one with the stronger mind will come out on top. Let's go to the phones. Let's see what Randy has to say. Randy, thanks for calling in. How are you? I'm uh, great. How are you guys? Great. Get your thoughts on our topic today. Well, I actually, I've spent uh, about 26 years coaching wrestling, which is uh, one of the most difficult sports when this comes into play because it's such a combative one-on-one situation. And uh, I would say years ago, um, probably – at least 15 years ago, I, I've personally had issues with that. I mean, I, as a, I was a young guy and, and let my emotions get the best of me at times. Um, obviously, learned my lesson over the years of uh, just, I'd say, maturity and having children of my own. Um, but I see it happen a lot. Um, and I think sometimes coaches, it is definitely an ego deal. Um, uh, but sometimes they forget the other team or or athlete you're competing against. They are trying to win as well, um, and I think we uh, we put so much pressure on some of these athletes these days and or kids these days. It's it's about the the win the win and the loss uh, instead of just becoming better. Um, you know, a lot of you don't really. I think you learn more in a loss than you do a win anyway most of the time. Well, I think you've um, got but, a good. I think you've got a good perspective, Randy, and you know you're re- <clears throat> you're reinforcing what. Our book, Just Let Him Play, is about because we talk in there so much about the importance of having fun, learning fundamentals, learning about success and failure. It's not as much about the winning and losing, but learning about how to succeed and fail. We all fail. We all screw up. It's how you learn from it. And let me ask you a question. You said you learned. You grew. What changed you? Oh, I. you know, honestly, what changed me is, gosh, years ago we had probably the best we had probably the best group of kids ever to come out of Kansas city, come through our club. And, um, we had multiple four time high school state champs. Um, and, and we drove those kids daily to, uh, for success. Um, and didn't really care how good the success we, it, it was how much we, we succeed, how much we succeeded by. Um, and when it was time for those kids to go to college, um, they, most of them all got division one scholarships. They were exhausted. Um, and they were they were 
spent mentally from the grind we put them through to, to be successful, to get that college education or to get it paid for and, and to be successful in high school. I literally think if I, I step back afterwards and realize they were exhausted, they didn't have the same drive when they got to college, it's because we wore them out early, uh, mentally, not, not necessarily physically. Um, I have great relationships with those kids still today, but and they come back now and actually will say, oh, you've gotten soft. And I said, no, I haven't gotten soft, I've gotten smarter. Um, I think and, that's and that's a have, very wise. I think that's a very wise uh, self awareness on your part, Randy. Really do because I think great topic. Well, thank you, sir. But I look, you know, this, your 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 call today is the reason I do this show because people need to learn and understand what's going on. You you've learned from your own uh, you know past and and the mistakes you made to make you better, and I'm sure you're a better person as well as a coach from all that. Well, I hope so. Well, I believe I believe that would say the same thing. So, well, thank you for your call, sir. You have a great day, right, and thanks, thanks for sharing your story. Take care. Let's go next to Stephen. Stephen, good morning, I'm Doctor Jacobs. How are you? Good morning, Doctor Jacobs. I just want to make a comment, and then I'll uh, uh, listen uh, off the off the air here. Um, I was thinking how this would work out if you had a group of kids, and what I mean by teenagers and above in a coaching situation to sit them all down and have a meeting with them and their parents and discuss um, the parameters of, of how your coaching style interacts with the way the different kids on your team, uh, the way their, character are, their characters are, and you set up an agreement with all of the players and their parents to, that you are going to coach a certain style, but you're not going to be personal. It's all going to be about the game. And um, because um, when it comes to yelling, if you're yelling the right way, if you're coaching, and you may coach, uh, some kids may misconstrue you talking loud with you yelling at them. But if you have an agreement and you set them all down and get it all hashed out before the season even starts, that might, you know, it might lead to better uh, things. And I'll well, say, well, hold on, there. hold on, Stephen. Don't don't hang up okay. here because I want to talk okay. to you for a moment. If you've listened to this show before, I've always preached, not just talked, but preached about the importance of a preseason meeting and having a preseason meeting, just as you described, with the parents and athletes. Talk about your coaching styles. Talk about the parameters. Talk about the rules. Talk about the guidelines. Talk about how you coach or how you don't coach. That gives people an opportunity to understand who you are, and should they choose to not be on your team, then they'll leave. Absolutely. And that's where it all starts. However, there all there also have to be parameters that you have to follow as a coach. Yes, sir. And if you go over, you know, as I said earlier, a good coach checks his or her ego at the door. It's not about you as a coach. And just like our last caller, Randy, mentioned, you know, he learned. When he was younger, he was – more full, of, I guess, of piss and vinegar, and he, and he got a little more mature as he got older. As he said, more mm-hmm. smart, smarter sure. with, his, with his coaching. And I think that's the important part here. And I think it's important as a coach to have an assistant who can call you out when you're starting to lose it. Because yes. let's face it, you, we're all human. We make mistakes. But if you Absolutely. listen to the letter I received, the email I got from the volleyball coach who apologized for his use of profanity and his, quote, emotional displays – that did not give a good role model for his athletes. I mean, it's it's important that he did that, but I think it was a shallow effort at, at 
apologize him instead because he sent an email, and sure. according to the mother of the girl who sent this to me, there was no meeting with the girls. There was just this email. And Absolutely, that should have been a meeting face yeah. to face. Yeah, and and quite frankly, this is not the first time this guy's done that, and he's coached for a long time. And quite and at this point, I, I if it was my daughter, I would not have her on the team. I would not have her being subjected to that type of behavior. So yeah, and and, and you're not being um, um, overly you know judgmental too. It's uh, you have the right to place your kids on, um, you know, with any coach that you feel um, would help them, you know, uh, to build their character and advance their skills, you know, in whatever sport they play. Doesn't matter what the sport, doesn't matter what the level, it's about having fun, learning skills, growing and getting better. Stephen, thank Absolutely. you for your call, sir. Great point. Dr. I appreciate Jacob, it. thank you very much. You take care. All right, that frees up our lines now at 913-3810-810. I want to hear from if you're a coach. Have you ever lost control of your behavior in a game, in a contest? How do you handle it? 913-3810-810. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. We're on the leader in sports, Sports Radio 810 WHB. Hello again, everyone. I am sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour, and I'm here every week, and we talk about the mental side of sports on this show. A unique type of show because we delve into psychology and sport and how it works. And today's topic has been the issue of coaching behavior. What do you do if you're a parent and you have a coach coaching your child who loses control of their emotions? We've had a couple great calls from some coaches. I'd like to hear from a parent. If you're a parent and your son or daughter is being coached by a coach who is emotionally losing control of themselves on the sidelines during a game or even at a practice, yelling, screaming, Maybe cursing. What do you do as a parent? Our number is 913-3810-810. We have a wide open phone board now. I'd like to hear from you. If you're a parent, what do you do? If you are a coach, how do you keep your emotions in check when your team is not playing well, when they're screwing up, when they're making mistakes, when they're not doing the things you've coached them at? How do you handle yourself on the sidelines during a game at a practice? You know, I always like to say you can have two athletes who are physically the same, but the one with the stronger mind who will come out on top. Well, the same applies to coaches. Coaches are role models. They're mentors. They're guides. They're psychologists. They're disciplinarians. They wear many hats. But most importantly, I think a coach has to have self-control of him or herself. So I'd like to hear from you if you're a coach. And you have seen an emotional outburst at a game in a competition, maybe by the coach on the opposing team. What do you say to your kids about that? How do you handle that? How do you coach your athletes to deal with these situations? Because it will happen. I promise you, if you are playing sports, you know, we start kids at younger and younger ages now on teams, which I have mentioned for years on this show I disagree with. I don't think we should start playing, have kids in competitions at four and five. I think they can be enrolled in sporting activities and learn skills and have fun, but not all these intense competitions. There's no need for that. So many kids burn out by the time they're seven or eight now. Seven or eight is when they should be starting to be excited about it. And I think it's because the intensity of the parents, of the adults, so if you are a coach and you have seen 
a coach on the other sideline emotionally lose control of their temper, of their emotions. What do you say to your team? Do you not say anything? You just ignore it? Or do you sit down and talk with them afterwards about that behavior and what you liked or didn't like about it? Our phone number is 913-3810-810. Have a wide open phone board now and I'd like to hear from you. I'd like to find out what you say. Coaches use lots of motivational tactics to fire up their kids. Some like to get in their face. Some like to be very sedate about it. But you have to understand what motivates the kids you're coaching. What motivates those kids to succeed. And what you can do to cause them to fail. It doesn't matter what level you play. It doesn't matter what sport you play. It doesn't matter if you're a girl or boy, male or female. You have to deal with these things. Once again, our phone board is wide open. I'd like to hear from you before the show ends today. 913-3810-810 is our number. If you are a coach and you have lost control of your emotions at a game, see if you're brave enough to call in and talk about it with us. What did you do to learn from that? Did you apologize to the kids on your team? Did that make you a better coach? If you're a parent and you have a coach losing control emotionally at a game, it then becomes your decision whether you want your child to continue on that team. You know, I'm, I'm not for quitting during a season. However, there are guidelines that I think kids need to be, and coaches and parents all need to function under. And if a coach is losing control of his, his or herself on the sidelines during a game or at practice, I think it's important that you as a parent sit down and schedule a meeting with that coach and talk about it. Discuss it. Discuss why it's bothering you and what they're doing and why it bothers you about their behavior. Ignoring it doesn't do anything. I know a lot of people are scared or afraid to say anything because they don't want to ruffle the feathers. They don't want to cause any waves. They don't want to cause any problems. But what problem is going on if you don't speak up? And I mentioned earlier, I'm seeing younger and younger kids in my office. I've been in practice for 37 years. I never saw kids below age 10 or 11, 10, 15 years ago. Now I get calls all the time from parents of 7, 8, 9-year-olds about the stress their kids are feeling, how their confidence is not good, how they feel pressure. Kids at that age should not be feeling that way when they're playing youth sports. They should be enjoying the experience, learning things, and getting better, not being scared to screw up because the coach gets angry at them at age 7, not being scared to miss the goal or miss a shot or make a mistake and have the coach demean them or degrade them because they screwed up. So I think it's important for you as a parent to set guidelines that you want to have for the, for the team your child's playing on. I think it's important for you to decide what are the parameters that you want to see your child coached by. And we had our one caller, Stephen, earlier who talked about the preseason meeting. I think if you're a coach, it's, it's, it's a necessity to have that preseason meeting, sit down with the parents and athletes who will be playing on your team, and discuss what you want to do, how you're going to coach, your coaching style, how you coach, 
not just about practice times and you know the schedule of the season and when you're going to be where, but also about the rules you have about missing practice, the rules you have about playing time, the rules you have about behavior. And just like you don't expect the athletes on your team to lose control of their behavior, those rules have to apply to you. And let's face it, we all make mistakes, we all screw up. You're entitled to do that as a coach, but if you do, do you apologize or do you not do anything? Part of the problem I see with a lot of coaches, they'll make a mistake and they don't apologize. This letter that I shared earlier, and I'll repeat it here. This coach said, as I said to the players after, I'd also like to share with you, I apologize for the use of profanity in my emotional display. It certainly doesn't model the behavior I want from our players. It doesn't inspire them, and it won't happen again. I think it was important that this man apologized. The question is, will he learn from this and grow from this and get better, or will he continue? Based on what I've heard, I'm not sure he'll continue. This behavior will probably happen again because it's gone on many times, but we'll see. On this as our shows continue. Every week I try to bring up topics on this show that I think will be of interest to you, our listeners. The character of a coach is important. The behavior you display is important. How you handle yourself is important because you are a role model, whether you like it or not. And the things you teach the athletes that you work with will stick with them for a long time. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. I'm here every week from our flagship station, Sports Radio 810 WHB in Kansas City. If you want to reach me, there are several ways to get a hold of me. You can email me at drj at winnersunlimited.com. My website is winnersunlimited.com, W-I-N-N-E-R-S, unlimited.com. Follow me on Twitter at, at drjsportpsych, at drjsportpsych. Send me an email at drj at winnersunlimited.com. You can also get a hold of me at my office. That number is 816-561-5556. Check out our book, Just Let Them Play, Guiding Parents, Coaches, and Athletes Through Youth Sports on my website. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. Have a great week. Talk to you next week on The Leader in Sports.